frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Film church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Oh, learned men. I saw the witches kiss the evil one on his behind. And the mother of Anna, the printer's wife, wished me a scalding death. That damned woman, I saw her kissing the evil one so tenderly. Hello, and welcome to Film Church Radio's Darnish Horror Month. This is the podcast that treats cinema as a religion. It's Sunday, I'm Lewis. And I'm Brandon. And we are your co-hosts, here to talk about movies. Each week, Brandon and I alternate picking a film for us both to watch and discuss. Today, I picked the film Haxan from 1922, written, directed, and starring Benjamin Christensen. This is a film that has been on my shelf for a while. I haven't got around to watching it, unfortunately. And I think the reason for that was I knew that it was semi-documentary, semi-kind of narrative, I guess. And I I didn't know what to expect. Um, So when I found out we were doing this Darnish Horror Month, I thought it would be the perfect way to round things off. Um, the, The only thing I can start, any conversation with is saying that this is a film unlike any other I think we've seen before and the whole way through I just couldn't wait to get to this part where we hear what Brandon thinks about it because it is (laughs) a crazy crazy movie but we will get into all the ins and outs of it um in just a little bit and if you are a regular listener of the show you will know that we will be telling you what we are going to be watching next week um, and also talking about what's next after our Darnish Horror Month, what we've got in store for the month coming up. So stick around, um, and after our conversation on Haxan, you'll be able to hear what we'll be watching next week. Um, before we jump into the movies that we have been watching, we'd like to thank everyone who has been listening to the podcast and sending their love for the show. If you're new to the show and are enjoying it, be sure to subscribe and hit that bell to be notified when a new episode is available. This is a film church, so we post episodes on Sundays. And if you really, really, really enjoy the show, just share it with your friends. Tell people, rate and review it. It helps us out. More people can find us, and that's what we want. We want more people to join this wonderful congregation. Um, You can find us on social media platforms at Film Church Radio, and you can find us on YouTube and other social media where we do have some extra content for you all. So go ahead and check that out. Um, We have a lot of our back episodes streaming as well, so you can go back and check them out too. We talk about a wide range of films. Um, Before we get on to our main film, Brandon and I like to talk about what else we've been watching this week. Some trailers for you at home. So Brandon, what have you been watching, my friend? I have been watching... Some movies, Lewis. Nice. Uh, I, was ho- I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> um, so my girlfriend and I went to a Halloween party this last weekend, and the theme was Disney vil- villains. Nice. <clears throat> so 
Um, I went as Scar from The Lion awesome. King. Yeah. And my girlfriend went as Cruella DeVille. And yes, Very she was cool. trying to get my fur the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't totally take credit for that joke. Uh, when I told our friend Zach, who was on the, you know, a guest at the beginning of this Darnish Horror Month about uh, our costumes, he was like, oh, she's going to be trying to get your fur. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to see our amazing costumes, uh, I posted a picture of us on the Film Church Radio Twitter. So go. Go yeah. check it out. Give us a like and follow there. Um, my makeup was awesome. My sister did it. And, yeah, it looked uh, great. Thanks. Um, but because of that, we we ended up rewatching 101 Dalmatians from 1961, the cartoon, of course, from Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, classic, you know. Yeah. I haven't watched it in I don't even know how long. Um, I But it's weird when you rewatch a film that you've literally watched a million times. Yeah. Uh, after you haven't watched it in so long. Cause it's just so, it's like a part of you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, it's weird just to like have forgotten stuff, but not really, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's great. It's a fun little movie. It, it's so short. It just goes by. Um, yeah. You know, it, it it never felt like that when I was a kid, but um yeah, it's great. The the quote that <laughs> the quote that I always say from that movie uh is crazy woman driver <laughs> I don't know. I, it's sometimes cinema can be so like um visceral and but it just like triggers something in my senses. I must have watched that around Easter because every time like I rewatch it, it just reminds me of chocolate, and I don't know why. It's not, <laughs> there's no chocolate in it. Yeah, but I must have had an experience when I watched it as a kid with chocolate. Yeah, and it just have. like yeah, just stuck in my mind. Um, especially when they're in the snow. I don't know why. When they're in the snow, I'm just like, man, I could, you know, I really want chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's because it feels more like a Christmas movie because of all the yeah. snow or something. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's funny. Um. But after that, we watched Enchanted from 2007. Yeah. Um, I think I'd seen it before, but just rewatching it, it's like, wow, that that's a really good movie. Like, it's it's a fun, like, it's not, you know, it's like a updated fairy, Disney fairy tale for, like, kids that grew up watching Disney fairy yeah. tales, you know? Yeah. It's, it's not, I mean, I'm sure younger kids enjoy it, but, like, um you know if you're a little bit older and you grew up in the Disney universe like uh you'd really enjoy it like um yeah, yeah all the all the acting and writing and performances and um yeah just just the whole story it just kind of makes fun of itself in a lot of ways too mm-hmm. but still has a lot of heart to it um yeah and there's a sequel coming out, right? Yeah, there's a sequel so, coming soon. Yeah. Disenchanted. Nice. I've never seen it, and we saw the trailer for it the other day, and I and I, Chelsea was like, "We need to watch it." You yeah, know, we need to watch it before that new one. I'm like, it's always been something that has sounded interesting. Yeah, but you know, never got round to it. Yeah, I I think you would enjoy it. I mean, it's 
you know, it's sometimes one of those things. Like that movie came out when I was 17, so I'm sure yeah. I was not going to see Disney movies no. at the time. But <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's good. And I think I had seen it before, like I said, so it, it snuck in there somewhere, but yeah, um, my girlfriend loves it. Oh, sweet. So, yeah. 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 Um, and then I put on Lady Snowblood the other night from 1973, um, which is a film that heavily influenced Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill. Yeah. Um, I was looking for some good dual movies and, um, it doesn't, I mean, it has like a couple of fighting things, but it's mostly, there's not like any good like sword on sword duels, which is kind of what I was looking for. Yeah. But it was, it was a really good watch. I mean, if you're a fan of Kill Bill at all, like you should watch Lady Snowblood. It was, it's on HBO Max and it, um, sweet. I mean, you can see, I mean, there's so many things in there that Tarantino directly pulled. Oh really? Into kill. Yeah. I mean, it's like almost yeah. the exact same. I mean, it's it's all very adjacent Kill Bill. I mean, like with mm-hmm. like it's like a re- woman revenge story. It's like she has a list of names. Yeah, you know the way that the characters like pop up on screen, kind of like pop arty. You yeah. know, it's like taking like um, I don't know, taking pop culture and and try and and genre films and trying to like do something new with them, kind of. Um, of course, Kill Bill does it way more heavily, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it was it was a good watch. Um, it it's with any subtitled film i feel like i've got to watch it a few times to really understand it um yeah. because i'm kind of a slow reader and if i don't kind of like pause and watch it then i'll like miss a lot of stuff yeah um or if i'm not like right up on the screen and and the subtitles were also a little difficult to read cuz they were white and then like so much of the film was white it's white yeah and it was like Okay, I would definitely have to pause this to read it, but we like yeah. watched it with other people in the living room, so I wasn't going to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taking 6 yeah. hours to watch an hour and a half movie. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean it's it was really good. Like it was I mean it's beautifully shot. Um yeah, it was it was good. That's great. Yeah. Uh I think I gave it a three and a half, maybe. Mm. Um, out of five on Letterboxd. Um, and then we also put on Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, the first Ooh. episode. Have you seen anything about the show yet? Yeah, I haven't seen any of the show itself, but I've seen that it's getting good reviews. I oh, mean, nice. I think del Toro is, you know, pretty well regarded. Oh, yeah. In yeah. terms of that world. Yeah. So, um, and I cannot, cannot wait for his... Pinocchio, mm, yeah. I've the the buzz around it is just insane. So yeah, yeah. But I'm sure. Good. Yeah. So what what did you make? And it's episodic, right? It's not like yeah. The, so it's like I mean, it's kind of funny, you know, talking about Creep Show and anthologies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, with when we did our Creep Show episode, it's it's um, 
yeah, it's episodic and it's uh, you know, he it's it's the premise is like he's got this cabinet of curiosities and he pulls the story out. Yeah, and he hosts the show like Twilight Zone oh. style. Like oh, okay, yeah. Alfred Hitchcock presents. Yeah, as well. yeah, exactly. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he comes out. T- you know, talks about what's about to happen. Yeah, it was it was great. The first episode yeah. was good. I'm I'm on board. I can't wait to watch a few more. I think there's like four out right now. That's awesome. And they're nice, like hour long episodes. Cool. So like creepy and spooky or yeah yeah. Yeah, creepy, spooky, horror-ish. I mean, it's nice. yeah, it's all it's all very um, Del Toro feeling. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that was it for me, man. Sweet. Um, that's a great segue, honestly, because it's on the bottom of my list, but I'll talk about it now because it kind of relates. Um, I watched um, Vampire from nineteen thirty-two which um, is a film that I've had on Criterion for a while, not watched it, and then another label that I like put it out, and I bought that as well. And I was like, man, I've got two copies of the same film that I haven't even seen, and I had a night to myself, so I, I sat down and watched it. Um, and one of the special features on the disc is an audio commentary by Del Toro. Oh, nice. Because he, he loves the film, apparently. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I watched it, and it's like, it's 70-something minutes long, um, it's not very long at all, and it's very atmospheric. Uh-huh. To say, you know, it was made, what, 10 years after Nosferatu, which is very, he's a vampire, he's going to kill you. And this is kind of more dreamlike. It it, it was very bizarre. Hmm. Um, I gave it three stars, um, but I really, really want to go and watch the commentary or listen to the commentary. Yeah, because I feel like, especially when it's a filmmaker, you know, I feel the same with like Tarantino, Scorsese, Del Toro as well. Like, if they're passionate about something, they can articulate it yeah. and kind of tell you why they're passionate about it. Um, so I definitely want to go and watch it again with his commentary and just see what he likes. Yeah. You know, just to see if there's anything I'm missing. Um, but apart from that, we have been watching so many horror films. Yeah. It's as you know, as the day that this goes out, Halloween is tomorrow. So we have been, you know, stockpiling and getting through loads. And I'm not going to talk about all them in depth. Um, but we watched the last two of the latest Halloween trilogy. Um, Halloween kills from twenty twenty one and then Halloween ends from this year. Yeah. Um Halloween Kills is terrible. <laughs> and I can remember when it came out at the time, that was what I heard, so we didn't watch it because we really enjoyed the first Halloween in this trilogy. The, yeah. It was doing something different and it, it felt fresh and, you know, kind of played with the characters a little bit more, which I liked. That was like they were treading water. You could tell that this was supposed to be two films and the studio were like, do another, do a third. Uh... And they were just they were just treading water. It's it's honestly, it's just boring and there's kills in it. None of it makes sense. Um, and they don't understand Michael, which is very upsetting. Yeah. Um, Halloween Ends was slightly better, I think. I think that, it, again, the, the problem with these two is that they're both, the, the idea was there. You could see the nugget that they were going for. Yeah. But they just... They set it up and then the payoff just doesn't happen. You know, it's yeah. just not there, which is a real shame. Yeah. And Halloween Ends, I thought, was going in a really, really interesting direction. 
And then it just ends up being the same. And you're just mm. like, I've seen this. You know, the, the direction you were going before was more interesting. Yeah. And it could have been so much better. Um, so both of them were a real shame. And I think that the one Halloween, the one before that, can stand fine on its own. Yeah. I don't think you need these two. Well, maybe you know? they'll just wait another 40 years and then be like, yeah, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends didn't happen either. And we're just yeah. now going to make another sequel to... <laughs> I mean, that's the way we got because I, I, I did hear that the, the guy that directed all three has now been not commissioned, but like approached to direct a trilogy following The Exorcist. And it's like, do we need it? No. Do we need like There's we so don't need Exorcist it? There's so many Exorcist movies. Yeah. And the first one is perfectly fine. It does not need yeah. a follow up. It's just just the, you know, the terrible scraping of the barrel that we've come to know as hollywood now yeah um talking of hollywood <laughs> that was a weird segue um my wife and i actually got to the cinema and we decided to go and see ticket to paradise the nice george clooney julia roberts um rom-com. yeah i saw that kind of pop out of nowhere yeah. and i was like whoa and this is going in theaters this is kind of this is yeah. something that doesn't really happen anymore yeah and look it's it's exactly what you would um what you would expect it to be mm-hmm. um you've seen the poster if you've seen the trailer you know what's going to happen but it's two of the biggest film stars from our lifetime in a beautiful location i think it's bora bora or somewhere like that um with a, with a, a pretty good script you know it had me laughing a few times and yeah. it's not going to like change the world but as a date night movie it's perfect yeah you know, we had a really good time with it. So nice. I was I was really happy. Because they play like a divorce couple, I was worried that the the jibing was gonna be because they you know, they kind of verbally square off quite a few times. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it would get into like, you know, nasty territory where you'd be like, This isn't funny, this is just sad. Yeah. But it never does. It's always kinda you know that it's never It treads that line really well. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny but not mean yeah you know which is really good um and then we watched um prom night from 1980 another jamie lee curtis slasher movie which i'd never seen and i'd heard some things about and um i had a good time with it it's it's perfectly fine it takes it's an hour and a half and it takes an hour and 15 minutes for anything to happen um but that's okay (laughs) you know it's (laughs) Of its, it's of its time, and there's a prolonged dance number in the middle of it, which is yeah. very bizarre. Um, and then we watched They Live, carrying on that John Carpenter um, vibe from The Fog. It was another one of his films that I hadn't seen that I wanted to to turn on and kind of see. Um, and I really liked it. Yeah, um, It's kind of... It's designed really well, and... I mean, the character choices don't make sense, but they don't really need to. Um, and it's just, it feels like it's just made really well. And Chelsea made a very um, good observation when we were watching it. She said that it reminded her of the Terminator. And it did. It's kind of LA in that, you know, late 80s, early 90s period. Um, it's It's just a lot of fun. And the designs are really good. And it ends on yeah. a really good joke. <laughs> which i appreciate so. sweet it sounds good um yeah I'd, I'd like to watch more 
Carpenter yeah. films. What what year? So that was nineteen eighty-eight. Eight. So yeah. what year was the thing? So that, the thing was was that eighty-six? I think eighty. Oh, eighty-two. Eighty-two. Oh, okay. Wait. So when and the fog was eighty. So 80, the fog yeah. came. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So yeah. The fog came just before this. Mm-hmm. Before the thing. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, and no doubt I'm going to knock a few more off my to-watch list, I think, because um, the ones I've watched so far have just been really, really good. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I'm going to keep kind of tracking down his films and seeing what else there is um, in the coming months. Yeah. Um, and then I watched my all-time favorite horror movie. I love it to bit. Scream from 1996. Um, yes. I think is like a... When I was when I went to school to study film and we did a class on horror films and we showed and this film was shown and when you realize just how just how much this is steeped in its own like history you know there's so many references to other films there's so many conventions that are played with you know there's so yeah. much in there that's for nerds and like people that love this stuff for us to get a kick out of it. Um, it just, every every watch for me just works, you know? Yeah. Um, and Wes Craven is just so good at, like, building these sequences and these characters. And, um, yeah, it's it's my favorite. I, I love it. It's one of my all-time favorite films, so. Yeah, um, he just kind of, like, breaks down the whole horror movie yeah. genre and flips it on his head. Yeah, he's like, here are the conventions. Here's, and he even tells you, he's like, you know, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. And as an audience, you're still expecting it to happen. Yeah. You know, but things keep changing and, oh, it's so good. Um, and we're probably going to try and fit in all of them. I quite, I've got a soft spot for most of them, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I've only seen the first one, so I need to, I need to go through all of them. My, my brother-in-law likes them a lot and he's... He's even watched the show, which he says is terrible, but he watches it. Oh, anyway. really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've never watched the show, but I think all the all the films have done something for me. You yeah. Know? So, because the first four was directed by Craven himself. Yeah. So, and then there's like okay. six total, or something. That yeah. So they're making the or they've just wrapped on the sixth. I think. Oh, okay, gotcha. So the fifth was the one that came out earlier this year. Yeah. That was called Scream Again. Gotcha. Not Scream Again, but just, just Scream. Just Scream. Not just Scream, but just scream. the word Scream by itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, those are good titles for movies. Just, just scream. scream and Scream Again. Yeah. <laughs> the word Scream. <laughs> oh, man. We've got we've got the whole twenty years of screen movies mapped out for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been a very spooky week at the Walker household. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and we're gonna do some pumpkin carving tomorrow. Sweet. So I'm hoping I can do a Nosferatu pumpkin, but Oh, that would be dope. Yeah, it's if it's you looking do, You gotta post it on the Film <laughs> yeah. Church Twitter. I feel like I looked it up and I was like, I could do that. And then I sat with a pumpkin in front of me and was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But but we'll see. It's my aim. So fingers crossed. 
You got this. And now, our feature presentation, Haxan, Witchcraft Through the Ages, from 1922. The letterbox summary is grave robbing, torture, possessed nuns, and a satanic sabbath. Benjamin Christensen's legendary film uses a series of dramatic vignettes to explore the scientific hypotheses that the witches of the Middle Ages suffered the same hysteria as turn-of-the-century psychiatric patients. But the film itself is far from serious. Instead, it's a witch's brew of the scary, gross, and darkly humorous. Dum dum dum. Beautiful. This. <laughs> I feel like I needed a break after that. This is a, a, a very interesting film. I think it's fair to say. Um, and at the top, you may have heard me say that it is unlike anything you've ever seen before. And I think because this film was made in 1922, there's not much that it's draw. It's not like anything that's come before it. It's kind of forging its own path through this forest <laughs> that it takes us to. And I don't know. It kind of it. It's not really one. For, I don't think you can pin it down to one genre of movie because it's not. It's got all these elements to it. Um, it's it's a very strange film, and it's split into six vignettes. Um, so after we get initial thoughts, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of go through each part of the film and mm-hmm. kind of see, you know, see what they're doing and 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 what it all means. Um, yeah. So obviously, this was a film that you had watched for the first time, Brandon. Yes. Had you heard about it before? And if not, what did you? Well. Regardless, what did you think when you watched it? I had not heard about it before. Okay. Um, and kind of right off the bat when the film started and got going, I just kept thinking about what you had said to me recently just about the era of silent cinema yeah. um, and how it's so interesting in that time because the because of the inventiveness of the art form it's like they these filmmakers were paving the way they were trying to figure out what the language of cinema was and yeah. so they were just there were no rules you know it's yeah. like nowadays if you want to be a filmmaker i mean yeah you could still go and do things without you know on your own with make your own rules i mean that's what every filmmaker should do but you know, there's all these uh, screenwriting books and formulas and, you know, you got to have your beginning, middle and end. And, you know, there's yeah. got to be a climax and a resolution and a antagonist and a protagonist and some side plot and, you know, all these yeah. things that are like, yeah. you got to, you know, here's, here's what sells and makes money. Um, and this era is, it's just making it up as they go along, yeah. which is so interesting because it's you get all this weird, interesting stuff come out of that time. Yeah, um, and some of it works and some of it doesn't. This was uh, interesting, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> it's there's a lot of like weird, disturbing imagery, um, mm-hmm. and so much so 
that I feel like I missed a lot. Like just, you know, if you just watch the film once, yeah, you kind of like take a breath and you half of it you've already forgotten, you know, because yeah. it's like it just flashes. Like if you blink, you'll miss it, you know. Yeah. Um, there were so many interesting shots that were literally just like a split second of like a close up on someone's face or like, you know, something else or um so I think I wanted the pacing to be a little bit different. But th- of course I might change my mind when I watch it again because yeah. you know I might see things that I didn't see before. Yeah. Um even just before this podcast just like I pulled it back up on HBO Max and just kind of clicked through to kind of get a couple of images in my head to kind of like refresh my memory and just being like, oh, that, like, I I don't remember yeah. that. Like, that's yeah. disgusting and yeah. weird. And like, there's just so many interesting, I mean, it's, it, the light, the way that they light everything, because the cinematography as far as cinematography goes, it's not there yet. As far as, and when I mean cinematography, I'm talking about more more about uh, camera movement, yeah, and mm-hmm. camera angle. It's it's not yeah. really there yet. It, it's it's uh, still in this era of like um, theater being a bigger influence. So they just kind of put the camera in front of the stage, or what what would be the stage, and then you know light the whole scene yeah but as far as the lighting the scene goes it's a it looks amazing all the lighting is very well done and um adds this layer of hauntedness to it i mean they were they're making a document you know they approached this as a documentary but then but they're doing these reenactments so in these reenactments they kind of stumbled upon creating a horror movie. And I don't think yeah. that was their intention. <laughs> you know, no, they're, they're just trying so to either. depict, yeah. uh, they're just trying to accurately depict what it, uh, the interpretations of what they're studying in witchcraft. Yeah. And by doing that, they're creating amazing costumes amazing lighting and atmosphere uh and acting and um all of these things that make cinema so beautiful yeah um and so yeah i i mean all of that stuff was really great um yeah it just there's so much there you know it's yeah. a very in it's just kind of like a a, a large essay of the history of witchcraft. So there's so much there to kind of digest. And like, there was a lot of different thoughts going through my head as I was watching it. Um, you know, besides the enjoying the, yeah the, um, craftiness of it. Um, it was like thinking, just thinking about witchcraft and, and, <laughs> and stuff in general is like, yeah. um, it almost feels like a, a result of men's fear of women of like, uh, you know, if 500 years ago, if a woman was a threat to a man, he could just accuse her of being a witch and they could like burn her at the stake, you know? So, Mm -hmm. you know, women already didn't have any kind of power, of course, but you know, that 
they could they could use this fear of being called a witch you know to their to a man's advantage to yeah. you know um keep women in line i guess but um yeah it it's it's all yeah so there's all those thoughts like and i don't even really know what to do with that thought it's just kind of this thought of like yeah you know this patriarchal agenda that's existed for thousands of years and <laughs> you know mixed in with like um i mean there's just like some great performances in this you yeah. know it's like the in the silent era you get it's all in the eyes and the face yeah and like the devil character was like one of my favorites just kept popping up every every other scene or whatever yeah. you know um <laughs> with his tongue out running around like, I know. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> like I know. Yeah. and you know who played him right it's the director i guess right yeah, yeah. So, yeah. which is uh puts a whole new perspective on it i mean that's it it's just like because it's almost like the rest of the movie is so dark and serious and the and for the devil to be like this kind of clown yeah almost but still terrifying. But to have yeah. like a clown element to it, I think makes it even more terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I mean clown as in the way that he acts, not the way he looks or anything, because he just looks like the devil. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's an interesting direction, and 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 great in a in a great choice, you know. Um, yeah. Because I'm sure that, I'm sure that was just like he knew exactly what he wanted, and he knew nobody else could do it like he could yeah know? more than likely um and then it was like so i don't know i i could probably keep going i'm just like reading through my notes i don't know how yeah. much you want me to go into <laughs> everything right now but um i guess well we'll yeah go ahead the, i guess the other the other thought in terms of in terms of like patriarchal stuff was like the, there's like a, a segment where this woman is like sex crazed and she's like trying to get a potion to get yeah. this man to have sex with her, which is, um, it feels very inaccurate to history. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like, yeah. I think it would be the other way around. Yeah. Um, you know, not that women can't be sex crazed, they can be sex crazed yeah. if they want, but <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that's that brings up a really good point because it's, I think this film is very, it, I don't know what the word it it doesn't distinguish between what is fact and what is like fiction in terms of elements like that. I I took that to as like that whole vignette was just like this is what people were saying that witches were like, right? And the whole thing, the whole time I was reading, I was just like, this is just excuses for men that have been caught, for lack of a better phrase, with their pants down. Yeah. You know, like how could you have cheated on me, husband? She had she gave me a love potion. You know, that kind of terror and like right. we need to find a way to blame it on someone other than me. Yeah. So that I wasn't in control. Um but it does it's really interesting because it kind of shows these things and blends it with the true story. When we get to the to the old lady who's accused as a witch and she tells her story, we see it. You know, we see elements of it, and in and I'm used to like, especially with um, the film storytelling language as it is. When we see something, 
when a character's telling us it's true. But for this, it never distinguishes between fact and fiction. And I think it, you know, it it very cleverly kind of leads you along this path of being like, you know what's real. Yeah. You know, you know the horror elements is not necessarily this party, this like orgy that people are having with the devil. It's what the the monks are doing to these people. Right. And I think that was handled really, like, really well for this time. Yeah. It's never leading you to the door. You right. know, it, it's showing you what, and letting you make up your own decisions. Yeah. It's like creating this world. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and, and it's kind of just laying the facts out, I guess, of, of, yeah. of what they know. You yeah. Know? But yeah. then, um, you know, and and we'll talk about the end, I guess, when we get there. You know, the way that they transition into the modern time, which is now a hundred years yeah. ago, uh, is really interesting. It is, um, and I, I I must admit the beginning worried me a little bit because it starts off. And for, before we get into it, do you know the significance of like the seven parts in terms of just silent film? No. So each part would have been probably the length of a reel. Ah, okay. Which sense. would have been like what, 10, 14, yeah. 10 to 14 minutes ish, depending. So when it says to be continued and then it instantly gets continued, to me, that is more like continuity. <laughs> it's just mm. to be like, okay, put that next reel in, let's keep it going. Yeah. You know? um, so it's split into seven parts because that's pretty much the length, which is about seven reels. And it starts off, and I think earlier you said about like a paper, it's like a kind of thesis. Uh-huh, and it yeah. starts off super academic. And I don't yeah. think it's any stretch to say that it literally begins. In the beginning, there was a big bang. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of yeah. like the very beginning of human race is where this film starts. Yeah. Um, because they're, like, they're, yeah, they're explaining kind of the way that witchcraft came about. Yeah. And, and what, in terms of witchcraft, what they believe. Um, where people came from, I guess, right? The yeah. universe and stuff. It's, yeah, it's hard to remember everything, but yeah. the, but the way that they do it is really cool because it's these millier style like uh, puppet kind of things going on. Yeah, dioramas. Know? Yeah, and there's that big pointy stick that keeps coming out and showing you where things are. Yeah. Um. And the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't know what the relevance of this is. Apart from, you know, where they think the devil is. But then on rewatch, I was, it kind of started to click that maybe this was to show how far we've come, you know, Mm, to be like, hey, look how stupid people were about what they thought the earth was like. Yeah. As to how we know it is, you know, and then look what they did to these women thinking they were witches. You know, it kind of, it just basically shows the, stupidity of man from the beginning yeah you know <laughs> um but yeah the first part is very academic it's all books and pictures and like a lot of text and a lot of like you know dioramas of what the world looked like um and so you're like, here's here's what happens when men are in control <laughs> yeah and it's a kind of, it's very i feel like that first part might put people off yeah because, you know, apart from images from books, you don't really get to see 
anything that this film promises. Yeah, I mean, it definitely builds up to the craziness. Yes, yeah, for sure. Because um, then when we get into the second part, that's when we see a drama, like a dramatization of what the Middle Ages thought witches did. Yeah, you know, there's people kind of bringing carcasses to a house and chopping it up and making potions and all that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, the whole... I think maybe one of the first disturbing things is like when they bring in like this uh, bushel of sticks. Yeah. And they they uh, they unroll it and there's like an arm in there. Yeah. And then they like pull a couple of fingers off this like decaying hand. Mm. is, And then they like <laughs> use it for... A potion, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the first little bit of like, oh, we got some. Here we go. We got some nice little horror yeah. effects going on here. I mean, it it looks real. And just yeah. the way that they pop the fingers off is like, Eesh. I know. <laughs> and and the whole production design of that like house is amazing. I love the cauldron and like the 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 cat skeleton kind of hanging above it. Yeah. And just the like the the smoke and the heat that you can feel in that room yes you know it feels very if it like it feels like it fits you know yeah Um, it feels like you're watching the middle ages yeah exactly um and there's you know the whole sequence with the love potion as you said um and it said i kind of looked it up and it said that they're trying to seduce a monk so i assume again Ah. because obviously celibate and a life of you know, loving God. Yeah. As opposed to anybody else. That this was kind of again, you know, the fear is that oh they can slip you a love potion and you can not be celibate anymore. Yeah. You know. Um but yeah, it shows all these things that witches are supposed to have done in the Middle Ages. Um and it's very yeah, it's very interesting, but it's still not like a narrative. Right, yeah. It's just kind of a series of images that are connected together. Yeah. And there's the the the, <laughs> the bit with the guy that gets his mouth like hexed open. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of at the end of this which is you know just another cheap way of being like oh my gosh they're terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> um but it isn't until these middle parts the part I think it's like 3 4 and 5 where we get um the kind of story Mm-hmm. of it so we focus on the trial of a witch um and they, yeah this this guy i guess is kind of bedridden and um instead of being like hey we live in the middle ages everything's disgusting he's probably just ill because we live in filth they were <laughs> like this old lady from next door has cursed us she's a witch yeah and then that sets off that whole series of events um, where we see kind of like the trial of witches and and how they would get them to confess. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the confessing part was interesting yeah. to me because uh, it was like a good cop, bad cop scenario. <laughs> yeah, it was. The one guy is just like, hey, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna take care of you. Don't worry. And then the other yeah. guy just grabs her, and he's like, "You witcher," you know. 
it's just funny to see things like that in such early movies. But I'm sure it's like, you know, it, storytelling has been around for much longer than cinema. Yeah. And I think story tropes like that and many more probably have existed in theater. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And stuff for forever. So that that's yeah. probably just as old as time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but used to really good effect. Um, and I was doing some research about the people because there's the the person that they first accuse of being a witch is a really little old lady who's got a very distinctive face. Yeah. Um, and I was reading that um, her name is Marek Pedersen, um, and she claimed to be the first Red Cross nurse in Denmark. That was like apparently kind of what drew Christensen to her. Yeah. And by the time this film was being made, she was like on hard times kind of living on the street. And he kind of was like, hey, you've got a face that looks like a witch. I'm going to use you in my film. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So he did. Um, and she, yeah, she, and then she is kind of, she gets a lot of close ups and a lot of, you know, cruelty is seen happening to her. Um, and then later on, we get like a weird behind the scenes, like vignette, where because yeah, she's the same lady at the end, right? Yeah, because cr- the whole way through, Christensen, who's directing it, has been saying, "Like I," he's kind of presenting it as like this is like my thesis, basically. This is what I think. This is what we can see. Um, and at the end, it we kind of he said one of my actor actress, you know halfway through the film said that she had seen the devil by her bedside, like in real life. And it's her. Yeah. And that moment is very like, okay. You know, I don't know what really to do with that information. Yeah. Um, but it is, it just adds to the overall like uncomfortableness of watching this film. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, I mean, there's, I mean, so many people believe in, the devil and demons. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, I don't believe really in the, the devil of like the Bible and stuff, but you know, I, I don't know what's out there. You know, it's like, I, yeah. I don't know if like evil spirits could exist or like, you know, um, you know, there could be a whole, another dimension of reality that us as humans can't see, you know, I mean, lots of people that take, um, hallucinogens or like, you know, just like, uh, you know, drugs like, um, ayahuasca and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of times we'll see the same, they'll describe seeing the exact same things as everyone else, Mm. which is usually isn't the, the case with like, you know, usually when you like hallucinate you see whatever your own personal things you know your own yeah. fears it's it's rare for people to be like yeah we all see the exact same person or whatever yeah. um <clears throat> and i think you know it, it too when people like are in crazy situations i mean the body is a weird thing you know yeah. that we don't understand so it's like when you're in like near death situations or like 
I don't know, just anything that that could cause your body to um, go into an, an altered state or something. You know what I mean? Where it like yeah. is showing you things. I don't. I'm I'm trying to like <laughs> explain things that I don't fully understand, but um, I think it it is interesting the way that they kind of. You know, they show you all of this stuff throughout the film and then and then they have that bit at the end where it's like, um, you know, the that lady's talking about that she's actually seen the devil before. Um and also they're also talking about uh they're kind of they're kind of showing you uh juxtaposition of of all the stuff that they've shown you and then what doctors are doing in these modern times you know, quote unquote, which are a hundred years ago now. Um, and, and comparing like, uh, a woman being a witch to, uh, basically just a woman having hysteria. Yeah. Um, which is, is just kind of like another way it seems like for men to control women. It's like yeah. diagnosing yeah. them with hysteria. Oh, you're just crazy. You're yeah. one of those crazy bitches. You know, um, so it, it showed, you know, like you were saying earlier with the start of the film, you know, it, it kind of is showing you, letting you realize like how far we've come in advancing our knowledge of like the universe and science and how we got here and medicine and yeah, spiritual things, you know, and, um, things like that but also you know by 1922 it's not really that far and yeah. by 2022 it's still not that far yeah yeah and i think what you were saying there is is 100 percent true um and especially when you find out more about christensen as a person um and kind of why maybe he felt so attracted to tell this story. Um, So he started as a doctor. He was going to school to be a doctor. Um, So the modern medicine part there. Yeah. Um, He was then singing while having a shave, I believe. And someone overheard him through a window and was like, hey, you should come and audition um, for the stage. Because the guy that overheard him worked for the stage. So he went and auditioned. He was like one of 45 people to get a position on stage to sing um very successful did really well and then he lost his voice Ah. randomly um so he was like okay i want to turn to acting so he went to acting started to you know build up tension again and then got stage fright wow and then turned to directing so i was like no wonder this guy is like trying so hard to kind of to give some truth to these things that the body just does. Yeah. You know, he's like, Hey, you know, sleepwalking. It just happens. People do it. I know people that do it. It's not a sign of witchery. It's just the body, you know? And when you kind of, when I found that out and I was like, it just made this film feel more personal to him. He was kind of, you know, it was something that was kind of unrelated to his struggle but he had attached himself to to tell the same kind of story. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, that's just, kind of uh, yeah, that's kind of beautiful. I mean, it's um, yeah, yeah. I was, I mean, I was already thinking like, 
you know, it's like because they're they're saying that you know in 1922 women have hysteria and and all this crap it's like um i mean we have come a little i mean you know we're a little bit further 100 years later it's like we we at least are finally there's like this larger conversation going on about mental health and and um putting emphasis on taking care of our minds and yeah. um and taking mental health seriously. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's in, it's really interesting to me that he had stage fright as an actor cuz like I I um get anxiety, you know, and like yeah. I have I have panic attacks often and um it's something that I've been been trying to work through and not letting it be um be something that's like uh a handicap i guess it's like yeah. you know trying to yeah. trying to understand myself and actually work through cuz it's it's all like this mental thing you know yeah um yeah so that's i mean that puts a whole different perspective on it especially with him playing the devil the and devil. being such yeah. a great character and and yeah. such an over the top but like, you you know, lovely performance. <laughs> I hesitate to use the word lovely, but, but I mean, it it's a great yeah. performance. You yeah, know? it's a standout for sure. You know, yeah, um, yeah, it's the yeah, it's it's hard not to kind of attach that to it. And I don't know if he would him he himself would say that it was kind of biographical and you know showing the things, but I don't know how it could not have been when he put. I mean, he worked on this for like a year, you know. Yeah. And it's so like there's so much like text and work that's gone into it. You know, it would have been easy to have just been like, we're just going to make a narrative film about witchcraft and kind of expended, like extended, sorry, the part, the middle part, into like a feature length. Yeah. And just been like, hey, it's called witches. You know, it's about the witches. But instead, it's like a (laughs) bitches. But instead, it's like a full. Yeah, like thesis. Yeah. Really, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it it is, yeah, it it it, it uh, I mean, it kind of just um goes as far as it can in nineteen twenty two. Yeah, you know, yeah. it it literally mm-hmm. goes to the point of of bringing you into to the modern era and showing you what the current views are on this. Yeah. Um, and I think in a way that transitions well, it's it it doesn't feel out of place to make that jump. No, no, definitely not. Um, and I think that that it it stands the testament of time. It is a um a product of its time. I would say it, it does feel like a film from the twenties, but I think most of that is because it's set in the Middle Ages. You yeah, know, so it has that look, but it is such an interesting relic to have i think that just shows how far we've come from even that point you know the last segment where it talks about um sleepwalkers and kleptomaniacs and people like you know pyromaniacs all these people that um that even then they didn't really have any 
names for them really at yeah. that point you know it, it was still a mystery and how how we are now um yeah it's i mean it's incredible but i think some of it is down to christensen as a person as well i mean when he started directing his first film the the average time in denmark for to make a film was like two weeks and he took like four months to make his first film yeah which kind of shows how meticulous he was i think yeah um and in this i, I was reading that he only liked he only wanted to shoot at night mm. which the studio hated because they had to pay everybody overtime because ah. it wasn't in regular working hours yeah um but he was like hey we're making a film about the occult and about devils and they come out at night so we're gonna make it at night that's so interesting yeah i mean yeah. it's like even if you're not superstitious you know maybe you're yeah. just a little stitious <laughs> like that's i mean that's like i i, I like stuff like that you know because yeah. it, it 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 almost it gets it gets the production in the right headspace yeah because exactly. you know even if like i said even if you're not superstitious everybody's a you know got a couple of chills yeah you know when they're out at night you yeah. know, going through their bodies, you know, you don't, you can't really see that way. You don't know what's around the corner, you know, like mm -hmm. it, it definitely makes sense that that would add to the atmosphere of this whole film. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think the two elements that really stick with you are part of it is that night witches party that we get to see where we get all the devils and the witches together and they're like, yeah dancing and kissing the devil's backside and yeah you know all that kind of stuff and the other part is where um maria the old woman is talking about being impregnated by the devil and giving birth yeah and there's the birth scene which <laughs> is kind of like what you were talking about where you're like what the hell is coming out of there <laughs> yeah. because we see like you know we don't see it but we see a dress and there's these weird satanic like creatures that kind of come out from the dress yeah and they're like crawling and like you know not quite fully formed and i was like what the hell is that yeah <laughs> um, yeah i mean though those creatures and like the devils and the costumes yeah it's just so so good so well it is. well crafted i mean these yeah. the the people the filmmakers that made this were just like obviously masters of the of this stuff yeah yeah i mean all the costumes are just spot on you yeah. know you can't really tell that you know it was made a hundred years ago yeah because the production design is so good yeah in every area yeah um, yeah yeah i mean i mean there's just there's so much stuff like that that just yeah. <laughs> you don't know you just don't know where it's gonna go next when you're watching exactly it. and that's why i love silent films so much and i know that we've talked about it a hundred times but when you take away such an important element as sound you know it's like one of your senses and you can't smell a film <laughs> you can't yeah. touch a film you know so the visuals have got to be stepped up and i think that when sound comes i mean part of it is due to the the microphones and you know where they are and stuff like that 
but for a while you lose the visual aspect of it. It's just people in rooms talking. Whereas films like this are so beautifully crafted. Yeah. You know, every shot there are like three or four things to be looking at. Yeah. And the way they tell the story, like you only can do it through words. You know, in this we get an early example of stop animation. Mm-hmm. We get backwards cranking. I don't know, that's not the proper term, but where like the like film reverse it. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like the coins are like being taken away. Yeah. Um we get the double exposure of the witches flying over the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We get all these really interesting like images that you wouldn't see again for like 20 years until microphones and cameras kind of caught up with the invention. Yeah. Um and it they're just stunning to look at, you know. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. Um yeah, it's it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a true work of art, I think. I think so, man. I mean, yeah, it's it's unlike anything I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Add the tagline uh, to the DVD, you cowards. <laughs> yeah. There's your quote. That's it. Um Yeah, and, and there's also like this whole scene that was well, there's like torture scenes and stuff, you know. Yeah. But there's also this whole like I felt like it was like a homoerotic thing going on with the whole uh the guy, the priest that's like has sinful thoughts and he goes to the you know, his Yeah. I don't know the the hierarchy of these guys, but he goes to the other priest and confesses and he whips him and he's just kind of into it and then he like stops and he's like why did you stop my soul will be surely damned now yeah it's a very like kind of disturbing yeah an- another level of disturbing thing to watch and then and then the shot of his like back with the whips on it mm-hmm. with the whip marks is that makeup is brutal yeah, yeah. um and just another way to say you know hey these are just people they probably have desires yeah um and just because they're blaming it on the women doesn't mean they you know normal now or yeah. like without temptation i guess yeah um, or maybe that uh yeah that like it's weird to want to suffer maybe <laughs> yeah yeah that that's your life choice is like life is suffering let's suffer Ugh. <laughs> yeah um and the 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 saddest part for me is actually at the end of like the prolonged kind of um narrative bit yeah it took me a while to find that word um where the priests are like yeah we just go from town to town finding witches and we get the shot of them kind of getting on their horses and just riding out and leaving the square like empty and deserted and you're like you literally came in and destroyed this household. Like three of the people that lived in this household are now going to burn at the stake. The, the The husband's like ill in bed, probably going to die. The baby is definitely going to die because they're like, this baby's going to die without its mother. You better tell us what we want to know or, you you know, the baby's going to die. Yeah. And then when she says it, she, they're like, you're going to burn at the stake. You're a witch. Yeah. Um, And they just ride off and leave this town. And it's like, that to me is just like, I'm just like, what? who gave these people the authority to do this? 
with no with no yeah i mean it's just it's it's just uh an excuse um to commit horrible acts of violence yeah. in the name of yeah. good like yeah. that it's literally just a twisted mindset that like yeah oh they're witches and so you know we burn witches at the stake so i'm going to make it my life's mission to travel from town to town and just find witches and burn them you know yeah exactly um and it's gross and i think anyone that knows anything about like the witch the witch trials in salem um and stuff like that know that it's the whole thing of you damned if you do damned if you don't yeah you know there's no way if you are accused of being a witch that you were going to get out of it alive yeah you're either going to die and they're like hey she wasn't a witch that's a relief or you were going to survive and they'd be like she's a witch burner yeah so there was no way that you're going to get out of it i mean they show that through the through the um segment of the woman drowning where she's tied up and kind of hogtied and they're like if she floats she was a witch if she sank and drowned she was not yeah and it's like what on earth is happening yeah um but again the film shows that and i think it shows in a way that it's like yeah this is stupid and this shouldn't have happened yeah this is not real <laughs> yeah you know so yeah yeah it's a it's a lot it is a lot it is a lot <laughs> yeah but i mean that's i think that's what you want you know it's like yeah that's I think the beauty of this film and and the beauty of the the filmmaker is that he um he gives you everything here and the, he gives you the whole package like everything you need to know about witchcraft and think about is is here. Yeah. And yeah. I think that if it had been a narrative story it would have taken away from it because they would have had to show witchcraft as being real. And these the people that are like accusing them of having a a soapbox, you know, yeah, something to stand on and be and it be true, yeah. Um, well, I don't know how do you that. could have done it in uh, any other way, especially yeah. especially the way that we're talking about, where he kind of where I mean, it's literally you know witchcraft through the ages, literally starting with this kind of like presentation. And then ending in the modern times, like I don't know. I don't know if, I mean, sure, there's other ways you could have done it, but I don't know if it would have worked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as good as this did, it does leave you kind of a bit deflated, I guess. You know, but the, I mean, we, I know we talked about it before we started recording, but the problem with this film and any film that's made in the Swedish language. Is that the word for the end is slut? Yeah. <laughs> so we get an unfortunate last image of three witches burning at the stake. We fade to black, and then the single word slut comes onto the screen, which, <laughs> which the first time you see it, you're like, oh, okay. You know, thankfully we get the subtitles that say the end. Um, but it is, it's a weird thing to see after seeing women being burnt for being witches yeah <laughs> and yeah. it's the last thing that like you know okay <laughs> i mean it's it's this weird piece of uh unintentional i don't know what you call it uh, yeah. unintentional th thing that i'm sure he did i don't know you know it's like 
I mean, was that a, I mean, he probably didn't know English, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I mean, was slot even a word back then? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I it's don't, like, I don't think it's it, probably got the same connotations. Maybe as that word book. came from this film. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. But maybe. like, yeah, it's like, it's a weird thing that's, it's aged in yeah. an interesting way. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it's it just, is. It's one of those, yeah, it's just one of those weird things that after watching a film about, you know, how terrible history had been to women, to see that word is very kind of, um, it evokes a certain feeling. You yeah. Know? Um, and like we said, it's unavoidable. It's not like they knew this word was going to mean something to us 100 years later. Um, but it, you know, a little caveat to this film is that it is the the Swedish word for the end. So <laughs> just take that with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully you've watched the film, you know, if you're listening to this episode, but I mean, if you haven't, it's, it's, uh, it's a great film to watch. I mean, it is. It, yeah. Uh, I, I kind of want to see this in a theater, you know, with a group yeah. of people and, and yeah. just as especially with a group of people that haven't seen it before, just to see their reactions and see what the reaction is to this to the end, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And I, I, I did think when I was watching it, I was like, man, this is a heavy film, silent film to go from because the first one we watched was Sherlock Jr. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and then to drop us right into this, yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. But I, but, I mean, it shows. It also shows the range of, yeah, content that was already out there. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, do you have any last thoughts on the film? Anything that's going to stick with you? I don't know. I mean, probably. I mean, there, there's a lot of this conversation that I think is going to stick with me. I think. Um, I think the devil just popping around being like, eh. <laughs> and the way that he churns the butter. I've never seen oh such a sexual God. thing <laughs> in a silent movie before. Yeah. He goes ham on that, <laughs> on that churn. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's tons of things that are going to stick with me. We'll see. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm really glad that you watched it. I mean, it's. Uh, I'm glad that I watched it. Like yeah, I said, I'm glad it's you picked it. It's been on my shelf for a while. Yeah. Um, and it was between this and Vampire that I watched and talked about earlier. So yeah, I think I definitely picked the more interesting for me of the two to talk about. Sweet. So, yeah, dude. Um, that was Hexen. Um, and like we said, it is available on disc, um, and it's also available on HBO Max if you're in the states. Um, for free if you're a subscriber so go and check it out um, if you haven't already um, and open the world to silent cinema it's beautiful um, yeah that's that's me giving my two cents so as we are at the end of the film Brandon do you want to go ahead and <laughs> see what the other person rated it on Letterboxd yes I do my rating awesome. actually went up half a star because of this conversation heyo um, perfect I'm going to say you rated it four out of five on Letterboxd. I'm going to say the same thing. I think it was three and a half before, but I think you might have bumped it up to four. 
Yes. Cool. Mine is four and a half. Nice. I, I was wondering. I, I, it's always the history. You know, it's always yeah. like the, the behind the scenes and what this film means for like film progression. Yeah. Um, and I think, like I said, it does start off a little bit doughy and you have yeah. to kind of tread through that. Um, and, you know, when I think of other silent films that are five stars like Nosferatu, it doesn't quite get to that point. But yeah, it is a work of art and it's singular and just beautiful. So, yeah, yeah four and a half. Yay. Woohoo. So this is the end of Darnish Horror Month, Brandon. We made it. We five did. films, all horror related, knocked out of the park. Yeah, five uh, Sundays this month. That was a... Yeah. This was a good month to have it. It was, yeah. We've watched some really, really good stuff. Um, obviously, now October, this is the last day. Well, tomorrow is the last day when you're listening to this, um, and we are going to go into um, November, which is a very special month for a certain part of film lovers, I guess. <laughs> so, Brandon, do you want to tell us what we're going to be doing for November? and what next week is going to look like. Sure. Actually, um what we're we're we have a guest next week. Yes. Um so he's going to tell us what we're watching. <laughs> but uh we do have another theme going on for November, right? Which we is do. um something we've started recently. I mean, just with October, we did horror movies, and yeah. So we want to kind of keep that going for some months, probably. And November is going to be noir November. Um, yeah. So all noir films. Exciting, yeah. Um, I'm gonna now turn it over to our special guest, who's going to reveal his choice, um, and what we'll be watching next week. Awesome. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Mitch Norris, and I will be a guest on next week's podcast. And I have been given the great opportunity, responsibility, of picking a film for Noir November. And my choice is Michael Mann's 1981 thriller, Thief, starring James Caan. I'm really excited to watch this film. Um, Michael Mann is a uh, favorite director of mine, and I haven't seen this film, and also... Um, R.I.P. to James Caan, and I'm excited to jump into one of his iconic roles. Um, so I will see you guys next time, and I look forward to discussing this great movie. Sweet, Can't I'm looking wait. forward to that. That uh, it's actually a movie I've I put on my list recently. Hey, that's great! I love yeah. it when that happens. Yeah, yeah, um, perfect. That's what we'll be watching next week. So. Watch along with us, find the film, and then tune in next week to hear what all three of us make of the movie. Um, and also, we get to know our guests a little bit better, which is also exciting. Yes. So, um, lots of reasons to tune in next week. Um, that does bring us to the end of the show. As Brandon mentioned, next week we'll be kicking off our Noir Vembo month. Um, so subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode of that and go back and listen to all our previous episodes that are streaming everywhere um, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Film Church Radio or Lewis Carbon Nosferatu Pumpkin 
there's only one way to find out. Go and follow us. That's how. Um, and you can follow us individually on Letterboxd. Brandon is at Selman Scope, and I am at WalkerLewis3007 to keep up with what we've been watching week in, week out. We'll also have all our back episodes streaming on all good podcast platforms. Please leave us a rating and review. Helps other people find the show, join the congregation, and watch along with us. And that is what we want to do. So, yeah, go and do that. Um, All that's left to say is... And so, we will console ourselves with the notion that the mildly temperate shower of the clinic has replaced the barbaric methods of medieval times. Slut. (laughs) That's a wrap. (laughs) Say your film church prayers. Amen. 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 Bilibu.